In the middle of a Russian swampland, not far from the city of St. Petersburg, is a rectangular iron gate. Beyond its rusted bars is a collection of radio towers, abandoned buildings and power lines bordered by a dry stone wall. The sinister location is the focus of a mystery which stretches back to the height of the Cold War. It is thought to be the headquarters of a radio station MDZHB that no one has ever claimed to run. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for the last three and a half decade, it's been broadcasting a dull monotonous tone. Every few seconds it's joined by a second sound, like some ghostly ship sounding its foghorn. Then the drone continues. Once or twice a week, a man or woman will reach out some words in Russian, such as dingy or farming specialist. And that's it. Anyone anywhere in the world can listen simply by turning a radio to the frequency 4625 kHz. It's so enigmatic. It's as if it was designed with conspiracy theories in mind. Today, the station has an online following, numbering in the tens of thousands. Who know it affectionately as the buzzer, the joints to similarly mystery station, the pip and the squeaky wheel. As their fans, we adily admit themselves they have absolutely no idea what they are listening to. In fact, no one does. There's absolutely no information in the signal, says David Stuples, an expert in signals intelligence from City University London. So what's actually going on? The frequency is thought to belong to the Russian military. Though they have never actually admitted this, it first began broadcasting at the close of the Cold War when communism was in decline. Today, it's transmitted from two locations, the St. Petersburg site and a location near Moscow. Bizarrely, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, rather than shutting down the station's activity, sharply increased. There's no shortage of theories to explain what the buzzer might be for, ranging from keeping in touch with submarines to commuting with aliens. One such idea is that it's acting as a dead hand signal in the event Russia is hit by a nuclear attack. The drone will stop and automatically trigger a retaliation. No questions asked, just total nuclear obliteration on both sides. There are clues in the signal itself. This may not be as wacky as it sounds. The system was originally pioneered in the Soviet era where it took the form of a computer system which scanned the airwaves for signs of life or nuclear fallout. Alarmingly, many experts believe that it may still be in use as Russian President Vladimir Putin pointed out himself earlier this year. Nobody would survive a nuclear war between Russia and the US. Could the buzzer be warding one off? As it happens, there are clues in the signal itself. Like all international radio, the buzzer operates at a relatively low frequency, known as shortwave. This means that compared to the local radio, mobile phone and television signals, fewer waves pass through a single point every second. It also means that they can travel a lot further. While you had be a hard press to listen to this local station, it's all thanks to sky waves. Higher frequency radio signals can only travel in a straight line. 
eventually becoming lost as they bump into obstacles or reach the horizon. They can bounce off charged particles in the upper atmosphere, allowing them to zigzag between the earth and the sky and travel thousands rather than tens of miles. Which brings us back to the dead hand theory as you might expect. Shortwave signals have proved extremely popular. Today they are used by ships, aircraft and the military to send messages across continents, ocean and mountain ranges. But there's a catch. The lofty layer isn't so much a flat mirror, but a wave which undulates like the surface of the ocean. During the day it moves steadily higher while at night it creeps down towards the earth. If you want to absolutely guarantee that your station can be heard on the other side of the planet and if you are using it as a cue for nuclear war, you probably do. It's important to change the frequency depending on the time of the day. Another idea is that the radio station exits to sound out how far away the layer of charged particle is. To get good results from the radar system, the Russian used to spot missiles under the signals taken to get up in the sky and down again. The higher it must be, there's a station with some striking similarities. That can be either. To analyze the layer's altitude, the signal would usually have a certain sound, like a car alarm going off. The result of varying the waves to get them just right, they sound nothing like the buzzer, says Tupils. Now there's a station with some striking similarities. The Lincolnshire poacher ran from the mid-1970s to 2008 just like the buzzer it could be heard on the other side of the planet. Just like the buzzer it emanated from an undisclosed location thought to be somewhere in Cyprus and just like the buzzer its transmissions were just plain creepy. At the beginning of every hour the station would play the first two bars of an English folk tune, the Lincolnshire Poacher, and then the song used to continue. Now after repeating this 12 times it would move on to message read by the disembodied voice of a woman reading groups of five numbers 12036 in a clipped upper class English accent. To get to grips with what was going on, it helps to go back to the 1920. The All Russian Cooperative Society was an important trade body responsible for overseeing transactions between the UK and the early Soviet Union. Now in May 1927 years, after a British secret agent caught an employee sneaking into a communist news office in London, police officers stormed the cross building. The basement had been bridged with anti-infuder devices and they discovered a secret room with no door handle, in which workers were hurriedly burning documents. It may have been dramatic but the British didn't discover anything that they didn't already know. Instead, the raid was a wake-up call to the Soviet who discovered that MI5 had been listening in on them for years. This was a blunder of the very first order, says Anthony Gleese, who directs the Center for Security and Intelligence Study at the University of Buckingham. Now the upshot was that the Russians completely reinvented the way messages are encrypted. Almost overnight, they switched to one-time paths. In the system, a random key is generated by the person sending the message and shared only with the person receiving it. Enter the number station, radio station that broadcasts coded message. To spies all over the world, soon even the British were doing it. If you cannot beat them, join them, as they say. 
it's quite difficult to generate a completely random number because the system for doing so will by its nature be predictable, exactly what you are trying to avoid. Of course, that didn't stop people trying to break them. Now, during World War II, the British realized that they could in fact decipher the message, but they had have to get their hands on the one-time pad that was used to encrypt them. The new channel of communication was so useful, it didn't take long before the number stations had popped up all over the world. There was the colorfully named Nancy Adam Susan, the Russian counting man, and Cherry Ripe, the Lincolnshire Poacher's sister station, which also contained bars of an English folk song in name at least the buzzer fits right in. It also fit with a series of arrests across the US back in 2010. The FBI announced that it had broken up a long-term deep cover network of Russian agents who were said to have received the instruction via coded message on shortwave radio, specially 788 7KHz. Now, North Korea are getting on the act too. On April 14, 2017, the broadcaster at Radio Pyongyang began. I'm giving review works and elementary information technology lessons of the remote education, University for Number 27, Expedition Agents. This ill-concealed military message was followed by a series of page numbers, number 69 on page 823, page 957, which look a lot like code. It may come as a surprise that number stations are still in use, but they hold one major advantage. Though it's possible to guess who is broadcasting, anyone can listen to the message, so you don't know who they are being sent to. Mobile phones and the internet may be quicker, but open a text or email from a known intelligence agency and you could be rumbled. It's a compelling idea the buzzer has been hiding in plain sight, instructing a network of illicit Russian spies all over the world. To send information over the radio, essentially all you are doing is varying the height or spacing of the waves being transmitted. For example, two low waves in a row means X, or three waves closer together means Y. When a signal is carrying information instead of neat, evenly spaced waves like ripples on the ocean, you are left with a wave like the Jack Silhout of an ECG. It only becomes a number of station in moments of crisis such as if Russia were invaded, then it would function as a way to instruct their worldwide spy network and military forces on standby in remote areas. It seems that they are already been practicing. In 2013, they issued a special message, Command 135 issued, that was said to be test message for full combat weakness, says Morris Goldmanis a radio enthusiast who listens to the station from his home in the Baltic states. The mystery of the Russian radio may have been solved, but if its fans are right, let's just hope that the drone never stops.